Organize yourselves. Prepare every needful thing. And establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, a house of God. In a very real sense, we are builders of eternal houses. Welcome to Creator Homemaking. This podcast is dedicated to helping women create Christ-centered homes and lives. We hope you'll join us on this journey. Emily and I have talked about doing a blog or a book or something off and on for a few years, but couldn't figure out what we wanted to do it on. What do we have to offer that's different from others? We are just two stay-at-home moms trying to teach our kids and do the best we can. One day, as my husband and I were getting ready to attend the temple, which would mean leaving before the kids got home from school and not getting home until long after bedtime, I was making a list of things they could do, how to make dinner, what time they should go to bed, eat, etc. One of my daughters said, Mom, you need to do a blog or something. So I jokingly texted him and said, Hey, my daughter said we needed to start doing something. And M responded, okay, when? Well, I was put on the spot because I wasn't sure I was ready to start. So I said, let's pray and think about it and get back together next week. She was so on top of things and sent me things to read and look at. And so we started our journey. I love the idea of God and Christ being creators. In the scriptures, it tells us that they created the earth and everything on and around it and us. If we want to become like them, we need to be creators. And the most important thing we as women can create is our homes. We want to share with you ways to help you create your homes that we've learned through experience. I'm Kirsten. I have lived in Ohio almost 17 years. I have been married for almost 22. We have seven children ranging in ages from 7 to to 20. I have five girls and two boys, and we are always busy. I always wanted to be a mom and had... A perfect idea of how my life would go and how my kids would get, be, and then reality hit and all of those things I learned went out the window. But I learned what was truly important was love and faith in Heavenly Father. He can guide us from how to make dinner from almost nothing to how to comfort an anxious eight-year-old to teenage drivers and kids leaving the house. Hello, my name is Emily. I have been married for 18 years. We have three boys. They are 14, 13, and 12, and we live in a small town in Wyoming. As Kirsten said, we have been talking about doing something like this for several years, and recently we have been struck by this concept of creating our homes and lives and thought this was something we could talk about. I think she gives me a little too much credit. I actually was listening to another podcast and kind of their beginnings and was inspired by how they started and thought we could do the same. Growing up, our mom had a quote in our house that I've always loved. It is from President Spencer W. Kimball, and he says, being a woman is a glorious thing in any age. To be a righteous woman during the winding up scenes on this earth before the second coming of our Savior is an especially noble calling. The righteous woman's strength and influence today can be tenfold what it might be in more tranquil times. She has been placed here to help, to enrich, to protect, and to guard the home 
which is society's basic and most noble institution. Other institutions in society may falter and even fail, but the righteous woman can help to save the home, which may be the last and only sanctuary some mortals know in the midst of storm and strife. This is my goal, and through this podcast, I hope to inspire others to do the same. Well, Kirsten, what are some of your thoughts on this idea that we are creators? Um, I think as women, um, all through, since the world began, um, we've always been creators. We've always had to make our homes a piece or a spot of safety. And we've done that through various ways. Um, But I think lately, or in our day, being a creator means more of bringing spiritual things to our homes. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, it makes me think of, you know, 2020 when the pandemic started <clears throat> and your Christmas letter that year talked about how your home had become so many different things that year. You know, we had to make our homes a school and a church and, For you, I know food was hard to come by, so you were making a lot of things from scratch that you hadn't made previously. And um, so I think our homes have become a lot more important in keeping that safety, a place of, you know, shelter and where the spirit can be. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I was thinking as you were talking how in the past you know homes have been somewhere where people ate and slept and most of the activities that went on took place outside as they were working doing gardening just doing the basic things to sustain their lives and we don't have to do that which i'm very grateful for yes me too (laughs) but i do think that more and more our homes are going to be places that have to invite the spirit that have to be that safe place from the world just to get out of the world after school um, to provide happiness and as we continue to to strive to bring the spirit in will continue to grow and learn together as a family and make those eternal bonds even stronger. Yeah. (coughs) Sorry. Um, Do you remember, of course you remember it was when you were married, but your open house. Yes. Was that your state president or branch president? It was our branch. It was a counselor in our branch presidency. Okay. But I just remember walking into their house for the first time and just like an overwhelming feeling of God's presence and love in that house. I don't know if you felt that or if it was just me, but uh, I mean, I was a teenager and I just remember like, this is what my, I want my house to feel like someday. You know, it was almost like when you walk into the temple and just that peace and calm and love you feel immediately um 
yeah. I don't know. That's just always struck me. I just, I don't remember a lot about that day, but I do remember that feeling walking into that home for the first time. Yeah, I agree. As a single adult, uh, it was a great place to just be able to go every Monday night. We spent almost every Monday night for family home evening at their house. And it was, it was a good example for me of how I wanted my home to feel. Just like you said, kind of like the temple just had that spirit about it, that the people in it loved each other and cared about each other. And you knew the gospel was taught there. And that's something I've really strived to have happen in my home. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was for you when we were growing up, but I know mom, a lot of times she'd say, you know, if you need an excuse not to go somewhere, just use me. Yeah. I think, you know, we spent a lot more time at home, I think, than out with friends even back then. And I'm grateful that so far my kids have wanted to be home more than they've wanted to be away from home. And so I think we must be doing something a little bit right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm grateful for that because the world's getting to be kind of a scary place and um, to have them want to be here and want to still hang out with us and, you know, participate in family things. I know, so many teenagers get to that point where they're like, don't want anything to do with the family. And so I'm grateful that our kids still think we're cool enough to hang out with. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. And I did. I loved being home and my kids are home just as you were saying. And I have loved having them home. I love the interaction, watching the interaction with each of them uh, as they play and goof off and you know it's not always fun and and happy but we don't have big fights or anything but of course with nine people in the house right now there's just seven of us there's still a lot of of crazy craziness (laughs) craziness especially with all my girls right now the ages (laughs) that they are but um, but they do. They love being home and it's fun to watch them. And I'm so grateful for that. As you were thinking, or as you were talking, I was thinking of a time that um, my husband and I had gone to Walmart. I don't remember what for. And there was a car out there just blasting very inappropriate music. <laughs> and it was a Saturday night. And all I could think of was, I just want to be home out of the noise of the world. And that just has hit me a lot of how much we need to make our home a place out of the world to get away from that noise and that um, constant bombardment of things that we don't want to hear. Yeah. And I think nowadays we have to really be vigilant in what is coming into our homes because it's so easy to access the world in our homes you know it used to be you could kind of come home shut the doors and nothing could get in but nowadays you really have to be vigilant in making sure those influence aren't influences aren't coming in yeah <clears throat> excuse me yeah um, 
I think as we've studied um, the Old Testament this year, we both were kind of struck at the beginning by the creation and how um, we are created in God's image and therefore we need to be like him. And one of his many roles is as a creator. And so that's kind of where we really started thinking about doing this and how, you know, we need to be creators also. And there's so many different ways we can do that. Um, you know, we're going to create hopefully a happy marriage and a happy family and, you know, just creating our life and the, <clears throat> and doing that in a way that we can have the spirit in our lives and we can share that with our children so that someday they can create those same kind of lives. Yeah, I agree. We've always heard of the creation. It's just kind of a word that I've always overlooked, I guess. We always, you know, the the, the story of the creation. But I never really thought of it as a creator until this year when we've been talking about that. And I've loved the idea that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ are the ultimate creators, uh, everything that we have, everything we see around us is because of them and their ability to create and their uh, imagination almost of putting these things together. Uh, one thing that I, I read was from Sister Smoot in a conference talk in 2000. And she said that creation is one of the characteristics that defines God. Shouldn't we be about our father's business? Shouldn't we be creators as well? And we're not right now going to create an earth, which is a good thing because mine would look horrible. <laughs> but we can create, like you said, our homes, our marriages, our families. And that's just as important to Heavenly Father as anything. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, I know you shared a quote with me a couple weeks ago from, was it Richard G. Scott? Yeah, I you found her. Yeah, I do. I actually have it right here. It's a quote I really loved because I've thought a lot about creativity. Before this, being a creator, making things, is it a waste of time? Like Sometimes I just thought, ugh. You know, I'm wasting my time because I'm trying to make this cute thing or try, you know, make these cookies or, you know, whatever. Sometimes Satan likes to twist things, I guess. And I found this quote and it just really um, struck me. It says, attempt to be creative. Even if the results are modest, creativity can engender a spirit of gratitude for life and for what the Lord has woven into our being. Yeah. I just love that. It kind of gives us the okay that to create that it's okay. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And yeah. I think being creative lots of times we think of is having to be crafty, you know, <laughs> making something cute for our home or you know, there's so many things that that we think of when we think of creative. 
I don't think we think of creating our marriage or creating our family as being creative, but they are. Yeah, I agree. You know, sometimes we hear that creative word and think we have to be like artists or something, but um, we can create in our homes. I mean, you create a meal for your family or uh, I know you sew a lot for your girls. I do not sew for my boys. (laughs) (laughs) I did not gain that skill, but uh, I think creating can be so many different things. I was trying to find that talk from Sister Smoot that you quoted from because I think she talks about different things that we can do that are creative do you have that or I guess I can find it maybe I don't have it up right now I don't think you know just before I was married it was even when I was (laughs) single I guess and I was talking to a friend and she was saying, I'm not ready to be married because I can't make a meal out of nothing in my house. I can't make curtains to put on my window. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, yeah, me either. <laughs> uh, I've thought a lot about that over the years. And there have definitely been times um, off and on where we've struggled financially. And I just thought, man. I have, you know, $50 to go buy whatever we're going to eat for the rest of this week. And as I've made sure I've paid my tithing, but also asked Heavenly Father for help, he's given me ideas of things to make with out of nothing. And I think that's a gift he gives us as we're following him. And as we put our trust in him, he's going to help us. Be creative to make those things. He's not going to let us fall and let our families fall when we're following him. He will give us that inspiration. And I have made curtains too for my house. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's um, definitely, I have seen the Lord's hand in my life with different things, you know, um, I have not made curtains, but I have, (laughs) (laughs) I have altered curtains I bought that didn't quite fit or work, Um, but uh, just having the spirit with you as you're trying to learn to be a wife and to be a parent, and uh, I think you start creating, like, immediately and you have to have that spirit with you or I don't know how people that don't do it yeah I I heard I don't remember where I heard it from but somebody said that you know sometimes we maybe feel like we don't feel the spirit all the time yeah but looking back I think you can definitely see um his hand in your life and I think that's part of that gift of the Holy Ghost is it's it's just with you and you don't always necessarily feel this strong, you know, have strong spiritual experiences all the time, but you can definitely see the spirit guiding yeah. you and, um, you know, helping you in 
different ways. Yeah. I, I have looked back on many things and just thought, man, that was the dumbest mistake I made. <laughs> Why did I do that? And recognizing you don't do that. He still loves me. And he's still helping me, even though I did something really dumb. Yeah. And even if he told me not to do it and I still did it. <laughs> you know, he's still guiding me and still helping me. And I I'm so grateful for that gift to be able to see that and to have the spirit with me and to continue to move on and to continue to get revelation that hopefully I'll listen to better. Yeah. I like that, you know, studying the old Testament, you know, Abraham wasn't perfect. Adam and Eve weren't perfect, but the Lord didn't give up on them. You know, he corrected them they repented you know he forgave them and you know let's move on from this and the same thing you know joseph smith and i'm sure we all do the same but you know the lord has said his work and glory is to bring to pass our immortality and exaltation and he's not going to give up on that we might push him away or give up on it ourselves but he he doesn't he's always there he wants to forgive us he wants us to keep trying and working and he's there to help us yeah i agree it's probably a good thing he wouldn't have anybody left if he did what is that quote from elder holland about you know all he's ever had to work with is imperfect people and right you know good thing he's trading <laughs> He's willing to do that because yes. <laughs> otherwise, yeah, he wouldn't have anybody. And maybe we need to be a little bit more forgiving of people too. Yeah, I agree. Of people and ourselves. That yeah, <laughs> we messed up. We made a mistake. We didn't listen, but he's still there, and we can keep moving forward with his help. Yeah. <laughs> One of my very favorite scriptures has always been in Doctrine and Covenants section 109. And I think it played in our heading, or I don't know what that's called, but. Our introduction, yeah. Introduction. A little bit of it. Yeah. And it says, as all have not faith, seek ye diligently and teach one another words of wisdom. Seek ye out of the best books words of wisdom. Seek learning even by study and also by faith. And I love that we have to teach each other. We're not, we don't know everything, and we can continue to help each other. And teaching is being creative as we make lessons, as we do family home evening, as we give talks, as we just listen, we are using those, those things that we've been given to be creative. And I love that as we have that faith, we can gain that wisdom of learning yeah um there's that quote in the come follow me manual that said you know god can make something out of nothing or out of chaos and even when our lives feel that way he's there and he can create you know peace and comfort even in those chaotic times in our lives yeah and i think he gives us the ability every once in a while to catch little glimmers or glimpses of how he really feels about us. If we're willing to listen and focus in and just be still. Yeah. 
I think it's some funny of you say that. Sorry. <laughs> go, go I haven't told you this experience, but um, last week, I know, you know, we've been trying to do this podcast for a while and things weren't quite working out. Yeah. And I was feeling pretty discouraged because we both felt like this is what we need to do. And why isn't it working? And <laughs> anyway, um, I was actually getting a massage last week. Oh, nice. And um, as I was laying there, just the overwhelming thought came, you are a daughter of God. And that's all it was. But it was like, okay, like, he's there and he knows me and he loves me. And somehow this is gonna <laughs> work out. So I was really grateful for the, just that. I mean, it was just a fleeting thought, but yeah, it was what I needed to hear. And it um, really struck me that okay he really is there and he really is aware of what I'm trying to do and he's going to help even if I didn't necessarily feel like I was getting much help for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I agree we I've we've kind of been going through some different things right now and just waiting to see how things are going to turn out and as I prayed a few weeks ago I got the answer of just the two words, faith and trust. And that's just kept going over and over in my mind. And it relates to so many different things. We just have to have faith and we have to trust and it's hard and it's not easy. And we want answers right away. <laughs> but if we have that faith and that trust and that just to me, I knew he was there. I knew he was listening to me and was what I needed. And for at least this podcast, here we are. So I guess that's <laughs> our faith and our trust in, and here we are. So we just have to put our faith and trust in for everything else as well. Yeah. Um, and another part of that scripture I was reading earlier, the next verse um, verse eight says, organize yourselves, prepare every needful thing and establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, a house of God. And I love that outline that it gives for us as individuals or as women or, you know, <laughs> whoever it is, um, a guide to how we should create our homes uh, no matter what stage of life we're in, whether we're single, whether all of our kids are out of the house, whether we're living in the middle of toddlers, um, sometimes organization and stuff, it's <laughs> gone out the window, <laughs> but he gives us that pattern and we can make wherever we're at, whether it's just our bedroom inside of wherever we're living, our dorm room our little bed in our dorm room, we can have and follow this pattern and have that spirit with us. And I love this outline that he's given us. Yeah. I love how you said that, that, you know, no matter where you're at, what part of the world you're in, what part of life you're in, you can follow that pattern. Um, I know for me, things go a lot better when I'm organized and when I have a plan 
end when I'm doing those little things like prayer and scripture study and family home evening. Yeah, I agree. I know the times that I lax a little bit on reading my scriptures or saying my prayers in the morning. It seems like my day just does not go as well. And it seems like it should be the opposite because you're taking this time away to study your scripture, (laughs) to say your prayers. And yet if I do those things, the Lord just makes the rest of my day flow and it works. And it doesn't mean that everything's perfect and that it's easy and that I don't have a bad day or that my kids don't get hurt or one doesn't come home from school crying for whatever reason, you know? But I'm able to handle that better if I've brought that and invited that spirit in to begin with. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. I definitely have seen when I'm doing those things. And it's so funny, you know, we have family home evening or during come follow me study and we ask our kids, you know, how can we do this? And it's always those things, (laughs) read your scriptures, say your prayers, (laughs) you know, and it's like, sometimes it's like, okay, um, is there more? And of course there is, but if you're not doing those basic things, then sometimes the more doesn't really matter because you're not setting that foundation. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes too, we get caught up in, Hey, we've been doing those things. I've been saying my prayers. I've been faithful in studying my scriptures and doing those things. And I'm still not getting answers and things still aren't going how I think they should. Um, But when we look back, we can still see the hand of the Lord in our life, whether it's, everything seems silent or not and through that we can at least invite the spirit into our home whether we're getting the answers or whether you know we're sick and we're not getting better or whatever our situation is um, we can still have that spirit in our home and I can't imagine not having that spirit in my home the how difficult and worse things would be and seem yeah And I like that you pointed out that even if we're doing those things, it's not always smooth selling because it definitely isn't. And, you know, we know that we're here to learn and grow and be tested and everybody receives tests and trials. Um, I heard a quote by President Packer and I tried to find it and couldn't, but he just talked about how everybody has tests, even those that seem like they're not and how, you know, anything can be a test. He even talked about how wealth or prosperity can be a test because in those times you're not always focused on the savior because you feel like you don't need him as much. Yeah. And that really got me thinking um, about right now, our life's been pretty, pretty good for the most part. And we haven't really had a huge trial not that I'm asking for one (laughs) I'm grateful but it was like oh you know how easy it would be to just kind of sell along and not you know really think about the savior grateful gratefully my husband and I both feel that's important and so we've 
still try to look to him and put him first in our lives. And so, um, but I do know others that, you know, when things are going well, they kind of tend to maybe not be as faithful and diligent as in times when they're not going well. Yeah, I agree. And I think <clears throat> when there's things are going good, it's so helpful to look for our blessings and to write them down. And even no matter what, we need to make sure we're, you know, looking for those blessings or not looking for them, but realizing the blessings that he's given us. And yeah. it also makes for a, something to rely on. If we've put him in part of our, as part of our life, when things get hard to be like, Oh yeah, he is there. We, you know, we, even if things are hard, we can look back on those good times or those easier times. Yeah. Oh, and I think just looking for the little things in our lives that can only be from him. Uh, we went to the temple just a couple weeks ago to and um, they had us get dressed and then instead of sending us off somewhere they had us come back up into the foyer and down down the foyer a little bit we were in the palmyra temple and we just were able to sit there and there was a little desk there with the scriptures and it wasn't like sitting in the celestial room but it was so peaceful to just sit there together in the temple um, we got to sit on this little couch and just feel the peace that was there. And it was such a reassurance to me that he knew that that's what I needed, that I needed to just feel peace, that I needed to sit somewhere quiet with my husband for just a few minutes. And I think we were there for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes while we were waiting for our session. But it was just for me such a testimony of he knew what we needed at that time. Cause that's not something that's traditionally happened. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, last time we went now that all our boys can do baptisms for the dead. We Sean and I went and did initiatories and we sent the boys to the baptistry and there was a waiting room and we're like, okay, we'll just meet here afterwards. And so I got done with initiatories and went into the waiting room to wait for everybody else. And I was in there by myself for probably 20 minutes. Oh. <laughs> it was so nice just to have um, a little bit of time by myself in quiet with no distractions, just um, ponder and think about things and um it was definitely something I needed. And then after a while, I was like, okay, where, where is everybody <laughs> else? Surely <laughs> I didn't get done that far ahead of them. <laughs> anyway, they eventually came in too, but <laughs> um, yeah, just to have that little bit of time, the Lord definitely knew I needed that. So it is awesome to see yeah, how he knows us so well and is there if we let him be 
Yeah. I, I agree. He just, if we're looking for those things, we'll see them and we'll find them and they're going to be there, whether we're looking for them or not, maybe not as strong or as noticeable, but when we're looking for them, they're there. My husband was reading his scriptures the other day and he just had this thought come to him and I was trying to find it, but he never told me the reference. So I can't ever find it when I'm looking for it, but it's in second Nephi. And it's when uh, Nephi's life is being threatened again by his brothers. And the Lord tells him to leave, take all those that want to go with him and leave. And so they leave and he sets up their town or village or whatever it is. And they work and it tells us in there that, you know, they, plant their fields and they raise their flocks and they build their houses and they build the the temple and they're just busy doing the things that heavenly father wants them to do and i'm sure they're establishing the church and they're going to their church meetings i don't know what their church meetings look like compared to what ours look like but i'm sure they're doing their ministering and helping each other they would have to to make this city a place that they could all live And there's one scripture in there and it just says, and they lived after the manner of happiness. And I love that they were creating this new life for themselves, for their family, for their posterity. And because they were following the commandments, because they were doing those things, they had to be doing what they were supposed to be doing if they were building a temple, that they were able to live after the manner of happiness. And that has just really hit me. What am I doing so that I can live after the manner of happiness? Am I following those, those commandments? Am I creating a life so that my kids are going to live after a manner of happiness? And that's really struck me the last um, little bit. Yeah, um, when you were talking about, or when we've been talking about, um, you know, trials and things, there's a little part in the follow him manual for this week, or come follow me manual. Um, it's a, and it's talking about, you know, when Jacob leaves his family and he's in the wilderness and he has the dream, but it says, you may find yourself in your own wilderness seeking a blessing from God. Maybe your wilderness is a difficult family relationship such as Jacob had. Maybe you feel distant from God or feel that you need a blessing. Sometimes the blessings come unexpectedly. Other times it is preceded by a wrestle. Whatever your need, you can discover that even in your wilderness, the Lord is in this place. And I just loved that because so many times I think people get in a trial and think that the lord is not there but he is always there and um, instead of blaming him we can ask why you know what is what am i supposed to learn from this trial and sometimes we can't see what we learn from it until it's over and we've yeah get to the other side of it but um you know the lord loves us and he is trying to help us create a life so that we can become like him. I just, I really liked that in that this week. Yeah. I like that too. That scripture, I found it. It's second Nephi five twenty seven. 
anyway, no, I agree. And I think lots of times we don't see what we're supposed to sometimes even until years later. And I love, though, that he's always still with us if we're with him, if we continue to turn to him. He's not going to abandon us. We may not know where we're supposed to go next, but we will feel his love. Even if he doesn't tell us what we're going to (laughs) do the next day (laughs) to get us out of whatever we're in. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it's a lot longer than we want it to be. Sometimes it's drawn out for For sure. But you think about Abraham and Sarah and how long they had to wait for their their blessing to come. That was I didn't realize from (laughs) come follow me how long Jacob and Rebecca were without a child. Yeah, I didn't either. Only was Abraham and and Sarah promised, you know, this blessing of this huge posterity. But it was supposed to come through Isaac. And they didn't just get married and have kids right away. Yeah. Well, and then even with Rachel and... Yeah, and Jacob. Jacob, You know, she was barren for a while. There's a scripture. I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find it this week. And it said, and God remembered Rachel. And then she, you know, conceives and has Joseph. But I just loved that scripture and God remembered Rachel. And, you know, if we can remember, it made me think of my experience last week and God remembered Emily and, um, you know, he knows us and he, he remembers us. Yeah. I really liked that scripture. I was hoping to find it, but. Yeah. I love that too. And. I think we have to sometimes step back and be like, yeah, remember his timing isn't our timing. And that's hard. (laughs) But he does remember us. I love how you put your you in that. And he remembered Emily. I just love that. It brings such a difference to us when we can apply that to us. So that scripture is Genesis 30, 22. All right. Well, I think this has been a great discussion on creating. And I hope that as we continue to do this podcast, that you can gain more insights and feel more ways that we can be creators um, with the help of our heavenly father. And like sister Smoot said, shouldn't we be creators as well? Um, What are the things that we can do in our lives as we continue to move forward? And we hope that you'll come back and listen to us and help us along our journey as creating too. Yes. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. And we want to thank those of you that listen, and we hope to see you back next time.